and welcome to the What the What podcast. I wish you could see me right now. I'm fist pumping the air. I can see you right that now. That energy, I tell you. Energy, energy, energy. It's like the Liberty theme song. Energy, 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 energy. It's great. It is great. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm good. You're talking about, you know, a little slogan or jingles there. Yes. I stayed at my in-laws this weekend for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And upstairs where Erica and I were staying was just a TV that had rabbit ears on it. Classic. Uh, Classic. It made me, uh, let's see, James Scott Farron, he's still around. Well, yeah. Just, just in mean, case you didn't know, he's still around. Okay, well, first of all, mm-hmm. I found this out. I think you told me this before. Okay, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, me and Jonathan Gomez mm-hmm. we were, were runners on the cross-country team. Yes. And I had a cell phone on the way back from a cross-country meet. He's like, hey, let's call the Hurt Line. Mm-hmm. So we called the Hurt Line. And I asked, can we speak to James Scott Farron? And she said, which one? They're three different people. James Scott Farron is the last names of three different guys. Mind blown. Mine was completely blown. I always assumed James Scott Farron was the guy in the commercial. Yeah, exactly. I did, too. And that it, was, is that, he even any of them? No, that was Robert Vaughn, and he's, pa- and he's passed away. Okay. So, well, he's still in the commercials. He's still in the commercials because, you know. But. Magic of editing and stuff. But still. It still made me. After all of his, I saw his commercials over and over again. Yes. One person I didn't see a single one from was. J.G. Wentworth. Call J.G. Wentworth. 877-CASH-NOW. 877-CASH-NOW. I was missing his opera singers. I was missing everything. I was like, at least he had a, a good slogan jingle type thing versus, you know, call on the hurt line. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's Did not great. Did you see any? I'm trying to think of the commercial uh, or the, the company where they, uh, we, we, uh, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yeah. Um, what, what's the uh, – I know um, J.K. Simmons is the um, – is the guy in that commercial? Okay. Um, uh, you know, seen it, covered it. It's some some kind of insurance. I think I've like. Uh, I didn't pay attention enough to hear it, like or see it. I was laying in bed listening to things. I'm gonna have to look it up. Talk for a little bit. Okay. Well, it did make me wonder about JG Wentworth. Uh, and I forgot all of the late night infomercials that are still on TV. Like it was cool because as a child growing up, there was a time period that. Once you reach that time, some channels just shut down, like, and they went to the fuzzy screen until the next day, yes. earlier in the morning, and they started back up. Like usually, they play like the national anthem at the very end, yeah. of, you know, to start the day. I found out the commercial by the way. Okay, we are farmers. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> like, who makes these things? I don't know, but I think I'm you know, thankful for it because I thankful for it if I ever need to write Scruff McGruff a letter, I know it's Scruff McGruff, Chicago, yes. Illinois, six zero six five two. One of these streamers that I um, that I like to watch on mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, her name is The Dragon Feeny. Okay, that's okay. a good name. And uh, she was doing a run through of Pokemon Shield a couple weeks ago when it came out, mm-hmm. and she caught a Growlithe. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Pokemon lore, a Growlithe is a dog mm-hmm. that is like a fight, like shoots fire. It's yes. usually a cop dog mm-hmm. in the uh, anime. And she named it Scruff McGruff. Oh, that's a good one. And then she, every time she would, you know, send out "Go Scruff McGruff," and then she would repeat the jingle or the, mm. you know, the the um, address and the phone number and yeah. everything. And I was like, "That's so cool." I had not thought of, you know, Scruff McGruff in twenty years. Well, I bet if you go to enough parades this holiday season, you at least see one Scruff McGruff. Yes. Uh, he still makes his rounds. People probably don't know him as much anymore, but he is one of those random costumes that are just recycled that people will wear in parades. Yes, and stuff. absolutely. You know, someone who has kind of fallen out of the limelight a little bit, mm-hmm. but was a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, Smokey the Bear. I was automatically thinking Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. I saw him. Or it used to be forest fires. Now yep, it's wildfires. wildfires. I saw him this weekend. at uh, In New Bern, there was a Christmas lighting in New Bern where they have a tree at this giant park downtown, uh, Union Point. So I went and did that. And there was a Grinch walking around. There's a minion with a Christmas hat on. I got okay. my picture with a minion. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there was... Uh, the abominable snowman or whatever from Rudolph. We'll talk about him next week. Yep. And who else was it? There was uh, Smokey the Bear. Scruff McGruff wasn't there, but uh, Smokey the Bear was. You know, there was also a guy dressed as Elf, who honestly didn't look like Will Ferrell, but he looked like you know what? You probably your own Elf. Like you could just be in a, can't in a movie. Can't wait to talk about that movie. Um, next year, probably. Next year. Um, there was a really funny gag in The Simpsons where they go visit like a national park, and there's a um, like a bear, like where if you press the button, it's a little robot, mm-hmm. and it asks a question, um, and it, the question is only who can prevent forest fires, hmm. and you you would say me or you, yeah, and the Simpsons pressed you, and he said you've selected you, indicating me, which is incorrect. 
correct <laughs> answer is you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about commercials. We're talking about childhood memories. Um, and today. Today, we've made it. We are talking about our favorites. Television, Christmas, or holiday episodes. I'm really excited for this. Honestly, when we first started, you decided to do a podcast. I was like, I'm excited for the time we finally get to talk about this. Because this is something that I love to do every year, especially every now that you have year. access. That you got access to everything. Yes. If you have Used Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, whatever, yeah. you can access so many things that you used to have to like wait around for like reruns yes. to, to come through and hope you catch it in the right cycle. And who knows if those shows even play at all anymore. Exactly. Family Matters, I don't think it's on TV anymore. No, it's not. But and it's on Hulu. It is. <laughs> Along with Full House, Boy Meets World, which is now is not. It's, it's on, Disney, on Disney, Plus Disney Plus with Girl Meets World. Yes. and uh, But there's so many from our childhood that are awesome. I mean, and I'm sure like today's shows probably still have Christmas episodes here and there. I know some do. But you think back to like 90s sitcoms, and it's just an awesome thing. You got Saved by the Bell, anything, any of those type of series, you're going to at least have a handful, you know, at least of Christmas episodes, if depending on how many seasons they went. But, uh... I'm excited for this. I remember when we first got married, like we got married in 2012, my wife and I, not me and you. Thank uh, God. Yeah, I didn't reference that correctly at first. But uh, when we got married, I remember the first year having Netflix and watching, first, you know, once you watch The Office for the first time, going back and watching some of those Christmas episodes, but then having access to things like The Wonder Years or Boy Meets World or, you know, Family Matters, Full House, you know, now. You can literally spend a whole holiday season just going back and watching Christmas episodes from TV shows you love growing up. Uh, I was excited in October when we talked about Halloween episodes yeah, because so there's some good, good ones. Good episode. But Christmas is everywhere, like at least holiday TV episodes anyway. you know, Maybe it's not necessarily Christmas, but for the most part, they're Christmas episodes. But anyway, I'm excited for this. Well, I am too. And before we jump into yeah. it, a couple of things. Number one, we are talking about... Television Christmas episodes. We're not talking about TV Christmas mm-hmm. specials. They get their own episode next week. Yes. Okay, so this is a series that had an episode during a you know a regular season mm-hmm. that aired a Christmas episode. Yes. Okay. Usually around November December. Yes. All right. Secondly, for those of you who have not seen any of the shows we're going to reference, we will be jumping into spoiler territory. All over. So if you haven't seen whichever shows we pick, then please, you know, you have the access to go watch these episodes. Um, Or you can just enjoy our recaps of them and our memories of them, and that might make you enjoy them a little more. That's true. Who knows? Um, But we are getting into spoilers, and we are going to be going not super deep into the lore here. Probably not. But, you know, semi, you know, like, to the five-foot section of the -hmm. the pool, okay, where right before you get to the little rope where it's Mm -hmm. the deep end, I mean, if you're under f- five foot tall, then you might sink a little bit. But, um, but we're not, you know, in the baby pool. No. So, so we are going to get a little deep on some of these uh, episodes. So that's your last spoiler warning. Yes. And one more thing, if you haven't already, mm-hmm. go for it. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play or Podbean. There's and a lot make of, sure a lot you of resources. Subscribe and rate us five stars. Yes, I, I'm please. holding up. I see like someone is looking at the I'm watching. Five stars. And leave us a nice review or a critical review. With five stars. With five stars. And we'll try to improve. Um, check us out on social media, facebook.com slash what the what media, Instagram at what the what media, and on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And if you look on YouTube, we have a page registered on YouTube. There's nothing on there yet. No. Eric went ahead and registered it. But so we we're can under have. what the what media. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe to that page. Mm-hmm then that would be good because we'll be putting out some content in the new year at some point. So One thing I'm excited about, too, that's coming up in the new year, If out of all the complaints we've heard, it's always that our voices are a little hard to hear. Yes. You have to turn your volume all, all the, the way, way up. up. And then all of a sudden, we get excited at some point and get real loud and you about brush your eardrums. Yeah, it's like a little roller coaster of loudness and si- sound. We have a product on the way. That should be here next week sometime. That should help resolve this issue we've been facing. We uh, we took the leap, got a great Black Friday deal, and so we're going to try this out, see what we can do. Hopefully that will resolve this going forward after you know the next handful of episodes. We'll get it going. 
Uh, if not, thanks for sticking in anyway. Uh, we definitely appreciate it, even though we've had sound issues and you guys have still stuck with us all this time it's anyway. It's crazy. I looked at some of the stats today, and we've had listeners in Indonesia in the past two weeks. See? Uh, at least one listener in Indonesia. And it's a good thing you got that YouTuber because the person in Indonesia may have said, you know what? I think I'll get this page started now. What yeah. the what? And what the what? then we couldn't have had it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, person in Indonesia, for not taking it. And for listening. We do, yeah, for sure, 100% for listening. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we're excited for the new year, new things coming along with that. Hopefully some even better episodes. We're finally getting the hang of this a little bit. Each episode's getting better uh, as time goes on, I feel like. So. For the longest time, Toy Story and Boy Meets World were the worst things ever. They were so bad. I'd that, recommend it, the podcast it, and say, please don't listen to Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, it was our... But it's fun to go back and... Well, I mean, for us, maybe not sure. for you, the listener, to go back and listen to how mm-hmm. bad that one was, which is sad because Toy Story is one of our favorites. For sure. Um, the best thing is I'm glad you can't go back and hear the first Boy Meets World. Oh, my goodness. Because yeah. it was probably close to two hours, maybe, and it, it was, was horrible. Awful. Um, the The... One that made the air is not bad, yeah. Um, but we got better as as time get, went on, and we may go back and like redo Toy Story at some point. Um, you know, would not be a bad mm-hmm. idea, but um, but not today. Not today. Yes, way we've to, got other things way to bring to it around. Today. So here's how this is going to work. This is a um, technically a, we call it a what versus what episode, but it's not really a competition, just for fun. And we each have three three different uh, entries that we can enter into the list. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle has three. I have three. And we're going to let Kyle go first because, you know, I'm the one talking now. And I can say, Kyle, you go first. It works that way. So, Kyle, what you got for our first entry onto the TV Christmas holiday episode extravaganza? extravaganza, Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Uh, Once again, I'm excited the fact that we have the access to these shows, like with Hulu or whatever else you've got. Uh, Because Family Matters, over the years, especially as I've gotten older, has become one of my favorite sitcoms from the 90s. Growing up, I might have watched it. I loved it then. But growing back and watching it now, there's such great storytelling there. There's such great just a show there um, and great characters on there. So I love going back and watching these now. And I'm thankful, too, because they have like a good handful of Christmas episodes where I was able to go back and kind of skip through and figure out which one do I want to talk about. Uh, so mine is Christmas is Where the Heart Is. Uh, Urkel, uh, let's see. I don't want to. I got notes, but I hate reading. You did note from my that notes. this was Family Matters, right? Yes, this okay. is Family Matters. Uh, Christmas is where the heart is. Days go yeah. by. Uh, let's see. It's pretty much Urkel reminds Carl of a bunch of ill-tempered passengers. This is the uh, little quick synopsis, real quick. It says Urkel reminds Carl and a bunch of ill-tempered passengers about the meaning of Christmas when they become stranded on a subway during Christmas Eve power outage. Um. First off, the episode starts off with Carl coming into the house. If you've never seen it, Carl's a police officer. Yes. He comes in. His wife, you know, is decorating for Christmas. She's super excited, super pumped. First off, I realized today she's decorating on Christmas Eve. I get it. That's what, that's some people's history. That's some people's thing that they love to do. I just can't do that, folks. There's no way I could decorate a tree in my house in one day, the day before Christmas. And then take it down two days later. I would hope that if you're doing it the day before, that you at least leave it up for a little bit longer. But May. More than likely, you probably don't. But I don't know. Anyway, she's getting it all done. Uh, He walks in. She's all excited to see him. She's full of the Christmas spirit. Uh, He was talking about how somebody came in today to file a police report. Said, you know, they came in first thing this morning that they had been robbed. All the presents had been stolen from their house. All of their things were stolen. Uh, and now he doesn't have any presents or food for his seven-year-old or seven kids. Not seven-year-olds, but seven kids. That's a lot of kids, y'all. Uh, so he decided, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to give you some money so you can go buy presents for your kids, and then you can also buy food for your family. Uh, and Harriet was like, Carl, that's so wonderful. That's so much Christmas spirit right there. That's so amazing. He's like, no, Harriet, it's not. Turns out he's a con artist. Uh-huh. He's going from town to town. Doing this, he said he took my money to buy cheap wine and hookers. So, tisk tisk. This is where Carl's attitude's at. Beginning of this, he's already been you know cheated out of his money, everything else. Um, he goes on to tell Harry about Christmas brings out the worst in people. He said this morning, I arrested two charity Santas who got into a knife fight over a good corner, and then Harriet, being the positive one, says, "Well, at least the knife fight was over a good cause." So I try to think about that sometimes, you know, have the best attitude that you possibly can with these things. Um, Episode goes on where if you've never seen Family Matters, at least check it out. Steve Urkel is an icon from the 90s who's on this show. He's a very much of a nerd. 
Um, and honestly, if you'd go back now, there's a lot of bullying that goes on. But I will say I'm thankful for Steve Urkel because even in the midst of bullying, for the most part, he stays super positive and tries to find the best in every situation. He's usually himself. Yes. Except for when he's Stefan. And that's a whole other story. Uh, we haven't quite gotten there yet. I know there's medication that can help you kind of get your mind straight, but uh, not quite in the way that Steve Urkel and Stefan work. Uh, Stefan Urkel, anyway. But it starts off with that. He's going in. Uh, Carl has bought Harriet a crystal little jewelry box type thing that when you open it up, there's a dancing ballerina that plays music. He's so excited because it was expensive, and he starts trying to wrap presents because Steve is already at the table wrapping presents. And Steve kind of looks over and's like, "Really? You know, that that's kind of a horrible job." He, you know, you know. And then Carl notices how well that Steve can wrap presents and ask him to wrap his. So he goes back and does an amazing job with this. Carl's admiring the work. He's looking at some of the other presents he's done, and then he's like, "Oh, that's Eddie's present." And he's like, "Oh yeah, what is it?" And the next thing you know, a twenty-pound dumbbell falls out of it and crushes Carl's gifts for Harriet. Uh, so Carl's highly upset. Steve is, you know, it's not even Steve's fault this time. Uh, usually Steve gets all involved in their family and causes issues and problems, you know, not intentionally meaning to, but he does, but he volunteers to go with Carl on Christmas Eve to go shopping at the mall to pick her something else out. She's got two hours, I think of, excuse me, mall shopping left. Uh, they go, Carl's, you know, horribly upset, whatever. Well, it shows it next that they get on a subway train, um, heading home. He gets on, Steve is full of Christmas spirit and everybody on that train is not. Everybody is just full of negativity. Everybody's upset. They hate the fact that it's Christmas. You know, they're just no Christmas spirit on that train at all. Right. Uh, he walks in. I, I got a few notes. I didn't quote everybody because there's a lot of funny one-liners and hit-liners on this in this episode. But uh, let's see. He comes on. Uh, Steve sees an elderly lady, and he mentions to her. He goes, happy holidays, ma'am. And her immediate response was, drop dead, four eyes. And then Carl looks over and starts laughing because you know, somebody's – Finally telling Steve what he'd like to tell him, whatever. And then the lady looks at him and goes, what's so funny, fatso? <laughs> and so that kind of gives you the vibe of this train. Uh, how could it get any worse? Well, next thing you know, there's a power outage in the city. Uh, they finally come back on over the radio and say, hey, folks, you know, we finally got an estimate for, you know, the power. Good news. We'll have it back on in 32 hours. They're estimating 32 hours on this train. So that means they would miss Christmas altogether. Uh, but you've got a variety of people on here. You've got a Santa Claus that's on there. You've got other people. There's a guy with a Christmas tree that decided maybe, I guess, his family decorates the night before. But they're just people that are tired. They probably worked long days. I worked retail, and I worked Christmas Eve before. And honestly, that sucks. Like, yeah. Because it's either you're busy or nobody's there. and You wish you could be with your family. There's so many other things you wish you could be doing. Yeah, and it, you can't. I remember working at the drugstore. Uh, yeah. When it was open, we'd be open on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. until like 1 or 2 in the in the afternoon, not yeah. the morning. And um, those are the slowest days, and they're the longest days because, of one, it's either super, super busy, and all you can think about is going home, yeah. and or, two, it no one's there. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there surrounded by prescription bottles. I mean, it's... I used to work at Time Factory and sold watches, and I think it was technically Christmas Eve Eve, but it was my last year working there. I remember I was there by myself. We are a small little store. It was getting close to closing time. This group of guys come in all looking for something. Uh, my dad had just had a stroke the previous year, and he had just come home. And I was super thankful that my dad was back home. Um, maybe it was the year before. But um, I had this real close relationship with my dad now, and just thankful the fact that he was still here with me. And I remember the guys were talking about, you know, he was going to buy something for his dad, and he wanted to give him a nice watch. So I was helping this guy out the whole time, um, and his other guys are behind me looking at other stuff. And then – you know, five, ten minutes later, they all come out. And they're like, let me go look over here real quick, and I'll come back and you know, let you know. Uh, they all leave. I turn around, and, you know, this whole table of merchandise is all gone now. They've all stolen it. it. That just ruined my Christmas spirit. You feel like, you know, that was a personal attack, even though it wasn't. But uh, anyway, negativity, you know, Christmas Eve, somebody could have been dealing with that on that train. Anyway, but Steve, throughout this episode, keeps trying to make the best of it. He keeps trying to be cheerful, trying to do everything. Uh, and after, you know, a little while of getting on everybody in the world's nerves, he finally brings around some cheer. People start lighting up. They start decorating that guy's tree that he brought on there. Um, it goes from literally telling the guy or the guy telling Steve to shut up or he's going to make him the star on top of the Christmas tree to all of a sudden this guy volunteering his tree out and people are taking scarves off 
and mittens and everything else and decorating this tree. And they're becoming a family right there on that train. Um, and then the you know power comes back on. They all get home. Everything works out as it should. But it's just one of those things for me. I love Steve's optimism. I love that, especially this time of year. I just love the Christmas spirit, the Christmas time, the vibes you get at Christmas, just the happiness, the cheerful. And that's not for everybody. I get that. There's some people that don't have that during the holidays. It brings up some other emotions. But I just love the fact that Steve, one dude, could be in the middle of a train full of people that the last thing they want to do is celebrate Christmas. And by the end of it, they're singing carols together. They're decorating a tree together. And uh, I don't know, just a favorite. Like I say, it's a long-winded one. That's one of my favorites of all time, so that's probably why I went a little long on that. But I don't know. There's a lot of other great ones. There's a lot of ones where they're out searching for a Freddy Teddy, uh, a Funky Freddy, uh, all sorts of names where, you know, Carl can't remember the name of this bear, so he calls him all sorts of things. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of other great ones. I highly recommend any of the Family Matter Christmas episodes. Uh, they're all honestly like top notch. I want so. to emphasize something. What yeah. was the name of the bear? Freddy a, Teddy. A funky Freddy. That's what Carl called. Okay, him. I misheard you the first time. Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> funky Freddy. Just to be clear, we don't use inappropriate language on this show. So if you heard what I thought I heard, that's not what you heard. He meant Funky Freddy. I'm pretty positive I said Funky Freddy, but I maybe not. Well, when we did our Batman, when we did our Batman episode, I was pretty positive I didn't say something, and I heard, and something. you heard something. So that's how the world works. That's folks. how the world works. I'll try to punctuate a little better from here on. Yeah, enunciation yeah. is the sign of a great podcaster. Yes, but uh, <laughs> Freddie Teddy is actually the guy's name, regardless. So cool, cool. But yeah, cool. how about you? What you got first one? All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do uh, first of all, mm-hmm. I want to mention a couple of honorable mentions. I have some more sure. that I will list at the end of my um, mm-hmm. list, but these are important. Um, I could not decide between a Psych Christmas episode. There are three. Aren't there musicals as well? Uh, the Christmas uh, Psych musical is also considered a Christmas okay. Christmas uh, episode. I remember I, being on that mission trip and you and Mads were singing that. Because <laughs> there the are sleigh bells and songs and homemade pipe bombs. Oh, anyway. Um, and then the Psych the movie uh, mm-hmm. is uh, came out around Christmas time too. So, um, but you know, those I guess that that would be something different. But in ter- terms of the Actual episodes. There's three Christmas episodes. Couldn't decide between any of them. Uh, Gus's dad may have killed an old guy. Christmas Joy and the Polarizing Express. All three <laughs> of them are fantastic. Um, so I suggest you check them out. The only reason they're not on my list is I couldn't pick between them. It's like picking your favorite child. That's understandable. So it was very tough to make this list. Yes, it me. was. So with that being said, yes, my number one, The Office, a Benny Hanna. Christmas. Ama- any of the Office ones are amazing. Because how many seasons of Office? Ten? There's nine seasons nine of The seasons. Office, and I think there's like six or seven Christmas yes. episodes. And each one, honestly, is awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, and they're different than every other you know, one. And, um, yeah, they're all different from each other. Uh, Dwight Christmas was the last one in season nine. It was really good. Classy Christmas almost made the list here. Is Dwight's uh, Belshnickel one? Yes. I never, I hadn't made it that far when I was watching the series, and my boss came in at Christmas time talking about Belschnickel, yeah. and he would literally still to this day, he's like, "Are you impish?" and like just randomly breaks <laughs> yes. it out. So it's always it's uh, Roy Junior. Luke's dad. He's yes. the one that always talks about it. Hi, uh, Luke. Yes, hi, Luke. I'm Roy Junior. But uh, but yeah, I finally made it to that episode, and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, what that you're talking makes sense about now." Um, yes. But my episode is from season three of Benny Hanna mm-hmm. Christmas. And it's an hour-long episode. It's the, uh, you know, technically two episodes uh, mm-hmm. back-to-back. Uh, but quick synopsis for a Benny Hanna Christmas. i got to say it kind of slow. So you don't say Benny So Hanna. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Freddie um, So in this episode, Christmas time at the office leads to depression for Michael when his girlfriend, Carol, yes. breaks up with him. Why does she break up with him? Because he photoshopped his face onto a picture of her with her ex-husband and their family and sent it out as a holiday card. Yes. Okay. Now I, I thought it's hilarious. It, it, <laughs> hilarious, but bad move. I mean, bad look for Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, Andy, Dwight, and Jim then go to a local Benihana restaurant, or as Michael calls it, Asian Hooters, <laughs> and uh, where Michael and Andy find dates with two of the restaurant's waitresses. Uh, back at the office, you have a conflict between. Pam and Karen, and Angela, who were having conflicting Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a great... It's fanta- fantastic. Angela becomes upset. Karen and Pam decide to combine the parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon after, Michael and Andy's dates leave them. But Michael, who has two tickets to Sandals, Jamaica, he's looking for someone to go with. He finds someone. 
go with him. And we don't find out who until the next episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's one of the funniest Christmas episodes I've ever seen. Um, it really feels like peak office. I mean, I know I gave the office a bunch of crap. And, I mean, that's the only way to put it. When we you were did. talking about Psych versus The Office, it's not that The Office isn't funny, it's just Psych's funnier. But the yeah, o- you know. but this is my turn. I'll, I'll let you have your opinion later. But it, it really does feel like peak Office, which at its peak was really good, um, really hilarious. Um, you know, the uh, there's so much happening. In, I mean, it's about, you know, an hour episode, so much happening between, um, you know, uh, Michael photoshopping the, the face and he's mm-hmm. listening to the song over and over on like he, just a preview on iTunes mm-hmm. um, uh, goodbye my lover goodbye <laughs> my friend yep um, Angela and Pam and Karen face off and um, Dwight's pranked into thinking he's being recruited by the CIA that's Pam's present to Jim it's one of the best pranks um, that they've done throughout the whole series yeah. now they do a lot of pranking on Dwight but that, honestly that is it's one of the top the five The dedication pranks. that goes into that is awesome. Um, Angela sings The Little Drummer Boy, mm-hmm. which Dwight holds the microphone for her, which is very sweet. Uh, Michael gives the, uh, you know, hose before bro, or bros before hose, man, yeah. um, which ends with the she's not your hoe no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got a, a few quotes here that I just found yeah. pretty hilarious. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Dwight brings in a goose, a dead goose that, yes. he, that he hit. <laughs> And he talks about how uh, he was already dead. We Schrutz use every part of the goose. The meat has a delicious, smoky, rich flavor. Plus, you can use the molten goose grease and save it in the refrigerator, thus saving you a trip to the store for a can of expensive goose grease. Yes. Jim's like, wow, win-win. Um, but he talks about in like a little, um, like a little confessional, mm-hmm. I once brought in a duck to prepare for lunch, and people got upset. Apparently, they got attached to the duck and didn't want to see it killed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim has a great move um, regarding Michael's photoshopping. It's a bold move to photoshop yourself into a picture with your girlfriend and her kids on a ski trip with their real father. But then again, Michael's a bold guy. Is bold the right word? <laughs> um, just really good stuff. I mean, uh, when Michael declares they're going to the Benny Han, excuse me, Asian Hooters, mm-hmm. Ryan, the temp, or mm-hmm. used to be temp, says, I can't. And Michael's like, why not? And Ryan just goes off on this long list of excuses. I'm not feeling so well. We've got a ton of work to do here. MSG allergy, peanut allergy. I just ate there last night. And Jim's like, wow, thanks for taking all the excuses, dude. Dot disappointment, car trouble, planner warts, granddad fault in World <laughs> War II. Use your head, man. I keep mine in my Blackberry. Look alive, Halpert. Welcome back. <laughs> um, and then Kevin discussing the merits of the two parties. Mm-hmm. I love Kevin. He's like, I hear Angela's party will have double fudge brownies. But it will also have Angela. So, <laughs> double fudge, Angela. Angela. Double fudge, Angela. I mm. love Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's great. Um, he's one of my favorites, like, if not favorite. He's just as random <laughs> thing he throws in. <laughs> he, in and, you know, it's really simple stuff, and it's really kind of profound at the same yeah. time. And then the last one, um, Jim had originally um, rejected Pam's uh, gift, which was She's been setting up Dwight that he's been recruited by the CIA, and he gets to decide what his first assignment is. Um, At the end, Jim has a change of heart and says, Good night, Pam. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I forgot to tell you. I intercepted a transmission earlier, and it seems that the CIA is going to need Dwight down at their headquarters at Langley for training and an ice cream social with the other agents. And Pam's (laughs) like, we should get him a bus ticket to make his trip easier. It costs $75. And they kind of look at each other, and Jim's like, well, maybe the CIA could send a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And the next shot is Dwight on, on top the of the roof waiting, and he gets a text message, and he reads it out loud. Um, you've been compromised. Abort mission, destroy phone. And he looks around like he's about to run. He throws his phone off the roof. Yep, and takes off. And that's how the episode ends. It's awesome. It's a fun episode, great Christmas episode. Um, if you really want to feel the spirit of an office Christmas, this episode will do it. There's something about this episode that's always funny to me. Uh, he, let's see, Michael and them bring back two ladies from Benihana's, right? Yes. They're waitresses. Cindy's one of them. The funny part is these people that show up at the office with them weren't seen at all at the restaurant. Not the same people at the restaurant. They're not the waitress. You never see these two ladies at the restaurant. And here's the, uh, like, I guess, like, it's a meta type thing. Mm -hmm. Michael can't tell them apart either. No. So he marks one with a magic marker. (laughs) And then they both ditch him, but take the bike. Home. Take the bike, yeah. That Michael, that um, Creed had um, donated to. Was it Creed? I think Michael donated. Michael donated it was a the used bike. bike yeah, that he donated to like the to, kids, like to the, toy to, fund toy, or toy drive. Yeah, yeah. 
and the waitress takes the bike. Well, she gave her. like technically Michael gives her the bike, trying to like bribe her or whatever, you know, get cool points technically. And then at the end, she just takes the bike home with her. Uh, so what's yeah. your what's your number two, man? This one is a classic for me. Uh, man, I, I just love it. Uh, the Wonder Years. They make uh, I don't know if there's a handful. There's at least a couple Christmas uh, episodes of The Wonder Years. They're honestly both great. The one that came to mind first, like I really like it, but it just didn't it didn't hit me as like top of all time or top favorite. But then another one came to mind. Uh, it's just called The Wonder Years, and then it's just called Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas 1968. It starts off with Kevin and his brother Wade uh, are at a store and watching a color television. And there's the voiceover of Kevin that, you know, talks over of every episode. But he's just explaining about, you know, the years here. They don't have a color TV. Everybody in the world's wanting one now. And it just shows them at a store. It's almost how you have, like, Walmart now. You know, where, you know what, what were those stores called back in the day? Like, little... Um, I don't know. I remember for like Wonder Years of Brady Bunch, but it's honestly just one of those first type of stores that was like a supermarket type thing where you've got... Like a superstore or... Sort of, yeah, but it's just, you know, one of those things now where you see Walmart and it's just so much product everywhere versus back then it's just random little decorations aren't big. It's just a, a random big room with a bunch of little gadgets, you know, hmm. a variety of things where you have TVs right. and, you know, perfume. Like it's just honestly like a smaller version of what a Walmart became. But, like uh, a department store. Yeah, a department yeah. store. That's the word. Uh, but, yeah, so they're there watching a color TV. They're talking back and forth. Uh, then it kind of zooms out the show like you're now the TV watching or seeing them. And it's Kevin, his brother, his sister, and her mom, like, all just watching this TV in amazement. And they all are excited and said, maybe we can convince Dad to get us one. And I think, you know, even a store clerk comes up and he's like, what do you think about the TV? Don't you guys love it? Blah, blah, blah. And then the wife finally says, well, you know, you would need to talk to my husband. And then it flashes over to the husband paying or buying a Christmas tree and having a fit because the Christmas tree costs $8. <laughs> and the guy's like, man, it's really not that much. It's just a dollar a foot. Cause that's highway robbery. And he's all upset. He finally gets, he said, next year we're forgetting this whole Christmas tree thing. Um, so he's just trying to save his money. Honestly, the whole episode goes on and on about Kevin, and especially his brother Wayne, trying to get a color television. They keep bringing it up, keep talking to his dad. Uh, and the dad's just not having it. Well, it turns out it's just not been that great of a year where he doesn't have a ton of extra money. It's one of those things where the mom stays at home for most of the series. Uh, it's back in the 60s. The dad works really hard to you know provide a good income for his family. But it's just hard. And, you know They don't have a ton of luxuries, but they're also not poor. But it's just one of those things that they're just a modest family. Um, let's see. Uh, it flash forwards. That's a great noise I made or whatever. It, it flash forwards back to uh, Kevin, who's now in school, and there's this line that I thought was great, and I thought maybe you could even relate to this as a teacher. It says, few things in life are less productive than the last 10 minutes of school before a major vacation. Yes. It shows Kevin, I think. Yes. A, I think it shows him in a French class where the lady's asking questions and nobody's paying her any mind. Kevin tries his best to respond to a question, and she's like, just forget it. So, and he speaks in French, says no well. So you imagine it's like, you know, have a good Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. But uh, as it's going from there, you know, some part in the school, it does flash towards uh, Kevin and his best friend, Paul, who are arguing who has it better. Uh, Kevin has Christmas and Paul has Hanukkah. Kevin says that Paul has it best because he gets eight days of presents, whereas he only gets one day. Paul responds back and says, well, I'm thinking, you know, we're talking more of quality over quantity here. You know, are you really including my underwear and socks as a great present here? Uh, but they go back and forth a little it's bit a on fair that. Fair point. Fair point. That's true. They go back a little bit, uh, and then it flashes over to Winnie Cooper, who is oh, like, Winnie Cooper. you know, the Topanga to his Corey. This is Winnie Cooper's, you know, Kevin's dream girl, uh, walking in slow motion down the hall, music playing with her, you know, in the background. Uh, and I think she ends up holding hands with somebody else. But then all of a sudden, he kind of breaks out of that mood, and she shows up and gives Kevin a present. He says, you know, it's just something I want to do for you, something special, but don't open it until Christmas. And he's kind of stuttering, doesn't know what to say. And as she's walking away, he's like, oh, I got you something, too. And she's like, oh, okay. So, well, it's, it's not here. And she's like, I really don't have to do anything. But he's like, no, I, I really want to. I, I, you know, I'll bring it to your house on Christmas Eve. Is that okay? And she says, of course. And it's fine, whatever. Um, it just keeps back going forward from there, though, about Kevin now – it's partly wanting, you know, still on this whole trip about getting a color TV, 
But then he also is trying to find the perfect gift for Winnie. He describes as Winnie comes up just the fragrance that she has about the perfume she's wearing, how just amazing it is, and it's just the best thing ever. Um, it later shows him in an apartment store trying and smelling hundreds of bottles of perfume just to find the same one that she's wearing. And like, that's it. That's her. That's what it is. After all these hundreds of bottles of perfume, Paul speaks up and says, if she already has it, do you really want to buy her more? Right. So all this has been a waste. Uh, earlier in the episode, you know, he had told him, he's like, why don't you buy him, you know, or buy her one of those nice balls with like the snow in there with like a dancing ballerina or something you shake up. Pretty much, you know, one of, you know, what are those called? Uh, you know, the little Christmas ball things with snow and you shake it up. Oh, uh, the snow globe. Snow globe. I don't know why it was so hard for wow. me to think of. But yeah, he was like, why don't you buy her one of those? Because Kevin's on a budget of like five or six dollars. He said it's hard when you only make 50 cents a week. That's true. Uh, so there was that. He didn't you know, cut grass with his dad like Eric did, like working I hard did. for his PlayStation. Making my $1. Yes. But uh, so ends up going back, though, in the end, he does buy her that snow globe. But there still goes back and forth this whole episode where they keep trying to get their dad to buy a color television. Um, he gets to a point, I think they're watching it, another TV at home, and Wayne's like, you know it would be great? This was a color television. So what do you say, Dad? What are you, you going to buy it for us or not? And then the dad speaks up and says, look, I like color TV. Fact is, I probably like it better than any of you. But do any of you have an idea how much one of those things cost? And then it kind of is quiet. Everybody looking around. And Kevin says, four sixty nine ninety five, <laughs> plus tax. Plus tax. <laughs> Minus the discount, four seventy four forty. And he said in his mind, he said, I think my dad really just had it as a rhetorical question. Right. <laughs> it kind of leaves it from there. Um, you get that little bit of a, a moment there, though, where you realize the dad wishes he could afford this for his family. It's something that means a lot, but honestly, he just doesn't have the income, and he works really hard. And I feel like I've had some moments, not necessarily exactly like this at all. I don't have kids, but there's times when something maybe goes wrong at your house, like our plumbing or something messes up, and I can't quite fix it. Even though I've tried it, stuff's just not working. And you feel almost a little let down where you're, you know, here's my wife. I want to do everything I can for her. And... I'm not able to do this. So the, I get that feeling, you know, of just almost feeling a little bit worthless there, um, where he works really hard for his family but just can't afford a TV like this right now. Uh, anyway, they keep going. Later on, there's a whole other scene. I think it's Christmas Eve. They're talking about, don't forget, we've got to go out, you know, Christmas caroling tonight with the so-and-sos. This entire time that they're sitting there, Wayne's in front of the TV talking about the black-and-white television they're watching. He said, oh, look, there's the ocean. I wonder what color it is. Do you think it might be orange? Or maybe is it really blue? But how do I know? How would I know? And he said, that's a nice car. I wonder what color that car is. I don't know what color. You know, it keeps going back to him. He finally, like, he's like, maybe I should put on my glasses. Then I could watch black and green TV. Or like sunglasses. He said, maybe I could watch black and green TV. Um, and he finally ends up pulling like his toboggan over his eyes like, and pretending to imagine. He's like, I can see it all now. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. And finally, you know, and his sister all times yelling at him to shut up. The dad's reading the paper, just trying to ignore him. You know, the wife comes in with eggnog with a little bit of Christmas hope left, and it just doesn't work. So she kind of just disses out on it too. And here's Kevin trying his best to make it better. It doesn't work out. Um, in the end, Kevin finally leaves to go take Winnie her present, which is now that snow globe that's all wrapped up. He goes to her house, uh, really excited to see her in his mind. He envisions that she'll be in some, you know, fancy dress, opens the door. Mind you, they're like young teenagers or anything, you know, nothing crazy. But, you know, she's like, oh, sweetie, it's beautiful. It's amazing. You know, wraps her arms around him, kisses him, everything. Or it turns out that someone opens the door and it's this old lady. And he's like, you know, I've never seen you before. He's like, is Winnie home? He's like, well, no, her and her family went out of town. She's like, you're, you're the Arnold boy from the next door. She said you might would come over, um, but she said you would understand. And he's like in his mind freaking out like, you know, what, is, what do you mean I don't understand? You know, here I am here. You know, where are you at? I'll buy all these things. And she said, well, do you remember, you know, you remember when his brother Brian uh, was killed last year in the Vietnam War, you know, and you're really just having a hard time with it. So they went to be with relatives for Christmas. So it was a real last minute decision, um, but they really just needed to get away for right now for the holidays. And then Kevin all of a sudden realizes like, man, I'm such a jerk. You know, I was so concerned about, perfect presence and you know color tv and everything else uh and to the point that he kind of walks away she shuts the door and he didn't even give her the present he comes back 
gives her the present, and then she takes it, and he said, it, it was supposed to be perfume, and then walks off. Right. In that moment, he talks a little bit about stuff, and then, you know, it's showing him walking down the sidewalk, a song playing or whatever. Uh, he comes up on his family, who are, he, I guess they're uh, caroling with some other family outside somebody's house. Uh, but then the voice, the overspoken voice comes over, and the narrator says, I don't even remember what I got for Christmas that year, but Dad got Mom a bracelet, a bracelet and it really knocked her socks off. Oh, yeah, and Dad got us that color TV two years later. For me, that year stopped being about tinsel and wrapping paper, and it started being about memories. At first, it was disappointing until I learned that memory is a way to hold on to things you love, the things you are, the things you wish to never lose. And I learned from Winnie that in a world that changes too fast, the best that we can do is wish each other a Merry Christmas and good luck. Winnie's present, the Kevin that he finally opened on New Year's, four-leaf clover. Uh. So, and then he goes, joins his family, starts singing with them. And he said, you know, still hadn't quite happened. You know, it was all still whatever. Everybody was kind of there. You could see, if, it was funny because his dad gives you that vibe of the dad that's just, you know, man's man type deal or whatever. Where the whole family's singing, but he's just standing back there not singing at all and just being grumpy or whatever. And Kevin was just talking about, you know, it didn't feel like anything was going to get any better. Nothing was going to change. He said, and then it happened. And you almost think it's about the snow. And he said, and then a downpour came. And they're just soaked <laughs> in the rain. He said, and they started to move, but then the dad just stood there in the middle of the rain, soaking, like, just mad. And so they all stood there in the rain with each other. And the next thing you know, the dad just starts bursting out laughing. He's like, let's get out of here. Their whole vibe changes, everything. You know, it's a really great Christmas. But um, real quick, I know I've talked a whole lot about that. My next one definitely won't be as long. But... This episode really reminds me a lot for certain things. I remember my grandparents. They lived next door to us growing up. They had a black and white TV. And I remember watching Rugrats and Nickelodeon, like all these shows on that TV that was black and white. And it was a small TV. You know, like The computer we're using here probably screen was just as big, if not even, it's maybe even a little bigger than the TV I watched it on. But uh, it reminds me of my family from back then. It reminds me of my grandparents. But then it really does remind me, too, of my dad, who worked really hard to always give us the best of what he could. And then, honestly, too, there's that age. You know, you even spoke about it a, a couple weeks back. We were talking about presents and things like that. And you talked about, you know, for you, you love giving presents. But it's and you've reached that point where you really don't need anything. It's not about getting things anymore. And I remember that, too, finally reaching that point where there is a little spot of being disappointed where, you know, you used to you know, stay up all night waiting for the certain present under the tree. But then you finally make that realization that the people you're spending it with means so much more than the presents that you're buying or, you know, or presents that you're getting. Um, I don't know. It's just a great episode. The Wonder Years always hits me in this special way. I don't know if it's just the way it's filmed, the nostalgia part of it, the characters and how I relate to certain people. But um, I don't know. It's probably my, my favorite series of all time. It wasn't on our top list whenever we did that, too. But, uh, yeah, great episode. Check that out. Check out any of the Christmas ones. A lot of awesome ones there. It's good, good, good stuff, man. Good yeah. Stuff. So how about you? Number two. All right. Um, this is probably my favorite. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've got a second on my list, but it's, I think it's probably my favorite. This is from Community, mm-hmm. who had some great Christmas episodes as well. Um, first season's episode, um, comparative holi- uh, re- comparative religious holidays or relig- holiday religions, mm-hmm. uh, was really a, a solid entry. Everyone raves about the second season, which is Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, which is done in completely in claymation. See, I've seen, I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen a lot of like yeah. pictures. I try not to watch any clips because I like to watch things and not yeah. get spoiled, but um, it looks awesome. A lot of people talk about that one, and that one's an excellent one, mm-hmm. especially since it's done in claymation. Yeah, it looks great. But my entry is from the third season. Okay. Regional holiday music. And I'm I'm gonna take some time here. Sure. You know, you took 25 minutes. So yeah, I'm, I took way too long on the one. <laughs> um, years. I probably I don't know if I'll take that much time, but uh, this is a episode where the group, the study group is meeting in the cafeteria to talk about their plans for Christmas. Uh, a lot of them are spending time away, and that disappoints Abed, who would wish to spend the holidays with them. Mm-hmm. He even rented the critically reviled Inspector Spacetime Christmas special. Okay. Um, Inspector Spacetime is their version of Doctor Who, I think. Okay. And it it's awful. I mean, it, like you, they they go out of the way to show how awful it is. Um, their conversation is interrupted by a performance by the obnoxious Greendale Glee Club. Okay. Um, and they start performing this mashup. Um, it's the like uh, tiny little uh, Elton John. And they do okay, <laughs> and uh, but then halfway through they're stopped. Okay, by uh, by Chang, 
who is now he was a Spanish teacher, then he was a student, now he is a um, he's a security guard. And he stopped midway through with a cease and desist order for performing copyrighted music without permission. <laughs> and at the news of this, by the way, Jeff, the leader of the study group, tips them off, tips him off to this. Um, he's like, Glee Club just became History Club. Because, you know, they were all tired of the Glee Club. Well, at the news of this, the Glee Club, Club members suffer a nervous breakdown <laughs> and are taken to the hospital um, quite violently. Um, the Glee Club instructor, Mr. Rad, invites the study group to join and perform the Christmas pageant, which is a shout-out to an episode we talked about when I talked about community mm-hmm. uh, back in August. They had an episode that was a clip show, but it was all new clips. And one of the clips they, um, they showed was them filling in for the Glee Club after the previous Glee Club had all died in a bus accident. Oh, no. Okay. So he invites them to come re- you know, do the Christmas pageant for, for him. He said, y'all did such a great job filling in for the last Glee Club. So why don't you fill in for this one? And through, you know, they're, he's rebuffed promptly. They're like, no, Glee Club's awful. You know, we don't like it. Um, but through a series of events performed as songs – the members of the group are lured into joining the Glee Club one by one, almost like a cult. Okay. All right, so it starts with Abed, who really just wants to spend the ho- holidays with, all, with, with his friends. Because mm-hmm. his, his family is um, Muslim. They don't celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. They don't really celebrate the, you know, that, you know, anything around that particular holiday season. Sure. So, but he really likes the idea of sending, spending um, the holidays with his friends. So I'm going to you know, mention some lyrics from the song that lured Abed in. Okay. Okay. Um, the title of the song is Glee. Um, and, you know, it says Glee. It's like a drug that you use that turns your pain into shoes and your shoes into dance. Okay. <laughs> and then Abed's like, "How is your piano still playing this song?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Mr. Red responds with, "Glee is the answer when questions are wrong." <laughs> um, and then Abed gets into it. Glee! It's what I'll spread to my friends like a virus that sends them to a healthier place. (laughs) Um, It's just, you know, families are closer when families are winning. Everything's cooler when cameras are spinning. Singing and dancing in unison inning. (laughs) Glee is the gift that we need. Um, Makes sense. So, that's, uh, that got Abed. Okay. So, Abed is roommates with Annie and Troy. Okay. Abed walks into the apartment. You know, he's humming music. He's like, Merry Christmas, Troy. And Troy, he's on alert. You sound gleeful. (laughs) And Abed's like, don't you think it would be fun to do the Christmas present? And Troy's like, "Uh, we hate the Glee Club. And Abed's like, yeah, I guess I just like liking things. And Troy's like, look, you know I would normally do anything you did, but I'm a Jehovah's Witness. We don't celebrate Christmas. And Abed's like, hang on now. What if you were a Jehovah's secret witness? Trying to take down the holidays from within. <laughs> and Troy's like, you mean like gathering clues and blending in to take down the holidays from within? And they jump into this rap, you know, nice. and it's okay. awesome. It's, he's like, going deep, cover past enemy lines, making everybody think on Christmas side. Oh, yeah. Um, he says, I'll watch all the TV specials that I never could. I'll even cry through the sad ones like James Bond would. <laughs> and when the big night comes, it's time to set the bait. Cold milk, hot cookies, decorative plates. <laughs> and he'll come down the chimney, and it'll, it'll be just him and me, but he won't know we're enemies because I'll play sincere. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it, it's really awesome. Yeah. And, he, and he talks about because I am Jehovah's most secret witness, so I might have to dedicate my life to Christmas <laughs> and act just like I love it till the day I die. I mean, he does That's the auto tune awesome. thing. Yeah, yeah. And then Abed jumps in with this you know, great line. He's like, if years were seasons, this December would be the December of our December. <laughs> <laughs> More blueprints than Howard Hughes, but if there are blueprints, how do we choose? We have to be happy to get to the end. We have to save Christmas to save our friends. So he's got Troy now. Okay. Okay. And now, after he gets Troy, they try to exploit Pierce, who's played by Chevy Chase, Mm -hmm. his baby boomer narcissism using mixed musical styles associated with each of the decades that Pierce has lived through. This one might be my favorite. Like I think I can imagine that. Like I think the rap ones was my favorite originally, but as time has gone on, baby boomer Santa. Okay. Is the name of this one. And um, they start off with a you know little jingle. Santa Claus was born in 1945. He had a boogie woogie Coca-Cola army jive. <laughs> and when the commies gave this polio to Doris Day, Santa helped the Beatles chase my coffee away. That baby boomer Santa, he's never going to die. And then they kind of 
mellow out a little bit, and he's like, Santa fought at Woodstock in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> and he smoked a ton of acid and burned his bra. <laughs> and then Abe comes in with an afro, and he's like, and then in 1970, he did more drugs, and his hair stayed long, and he grew a mustache. <laughs> Baby boomer Santa, mm-hmm. he's going to save a life. And then they go into the robot. Okay. Santa invented Spielberg and microchips. <laughs> Santa invented Coca-Cola and aerobics. And then they jump into something a little more um, mm-hmm. fast-paced. He made the Iron Curtain and the Gremlins too. Fake butter and AIDS and Twin Peaks. <laughs> Baby Boomer Santa, thank you for MTV. <laughs> thank you, baby boomer Santa. Thank you for everything. And then Pierce jumps in. You're welcome. You're welcome for everything in the world. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's like, I'm baby boomer Santa. I have the gift of the world. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch this now. <laughs> it's so You've good. sold me on it. It like, is so awesome. I know my Wonder Years is boring, but this is exciting. <laughs> like, I want to go and watch this. So before, so they've got Pierce now. So they got three of the seven members of the group. Mm-hmm. And then they jump in. Annie catches the Glee Club virus. Okay. So she's cornered by Troy, Abed, and Mr. Red. Meanwhile, Pierce invites a children's choir to sing to Shirley, who's super religious, mm-hmm. about how the public school system has thrown out the meaning of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. during its celebrations, which that one goes like this. Uh, and this is the children's choir. There's a magic in the air around us. We all have the sudden urge to bake. It feels like a very special birthday. But whose name should be written on the cake? And the whole time, Britta's talking to Shirley. You've got to get out of here, Shirley. And then the car keeps going. We asked our public school to give an answer. And then Shirley's like, they're not going to give it to you. They're not going to give it to you. <laughs> but they could only teach us not to pray. That's what they do. That's what they do. <laughs> The Constitution says the state can't tell us. Does anyone important born today? And then Shirley can't take it anymore. She's like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ is born! So we're going to play this like oh at church? God. Like as a Christmas I mean, special? It, it's awesome. And then, meanwhile, Annie is su- trying to seduce Jeff. Okay. Because Annie's Jewish. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not really sure how to do Christmas. Um, she dresses up in a very... Um, seducing Santa outfit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a couple of lines from that is, um, teach me how to understand Christmas. Show me how to open a box. It hurts my little head when I'm lying in my bed with visions of sugar plum socks. (laughs) Um, And then teach me how to understand Christmas. Do I trim the tree or the deer? (laughs) I can't keep it straight. And now it's getting like, and where did the stocking go? Here, <laughs> um, you know it's it, it's it's so good. Um, so she gets Jeff in mm-hmm. after she's been seduced. Jeff ends up getting Britta, and all all Jeff does is go ah, and Britta goes ah, and but <laughs> so cut to the third act. Mm-hmm. They're in the Christmas pageant. Okay, the group is backstage preparing for the Christmas pageant, and Mister Mister Rad informs Abed. Abed's like, you know, just this one time, we got everyone here for mm-hmm. the pageant. We're gonna spend holidays together. And he's like, well, it's tonight, but then there's regionals, then there's sectionals, then there's lower regionals, then there's lower semi-regionals, then there's a lower upper-class (laughs) semi-regionals. And he's like, you're going to keep going forever and ever. (laughs) And (coughs) Abed had only made the group join the Brighton of Christmas, so he sets forth in upsetting Mr. Rad's plan. You notice you never heard Britta singing, Mm. okay? She was the last one they got because... Well, Britta can't sing. Oh, no. Okay. She, um, while the group's performing Planet Christmas on stage, Abed asked Britta, who was originally cast as a mute tree, (laughs) to replace him as the mouse king in this Christmas pageant. Mm -hmm. She does, and she ruins the pageant with her awful, poor singing and her bad improvised lyrics and choreography. Um, And Mr. Rad's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. You're a mute tree. You should never sing a song. <laughs> You're the worst. And they, they all read, wait a minute. We're the only one who can call her the worst. <laughs> and then the dean's like, okay, okay. If it's okay for everyone, I think she, Britta should be able to sing her awful, awkward song. <laughs> and um, Mr. Rad, he is just enraged at that, that idea. 
and he inadvertently reveals that he caused the bus crash that killed the first Greek oh, no! by cutting the brakes um, before distracting everyone and running off. And Abed regretfully concedes that forcing things to be bright just makes the darkness underneath it even darker, which is a sad conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, then Abed's at home watching the awful Inspector Spacetime special, and the group suddenly arrives, and they announce that after a dark year, they've canceled their plans in order to spend the holidays with him. Oh, that's awesome. And the episode ends with them joining him and viewing the Inspector Spacetime holiday special. And then the credits mm-hmm. is just, the tr- there's a tree, and there's a bunch of uh, ornaments on the tree mm-hmm. with the faces of other, like, secondary characters. Oh, okay. Who have, like, their own, like, little special sound or catchphrase. Mm-hmm. So, like... The dean is ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and then Chang is like, Chang, Chang, Chang. <laughs> and uh, eventually, like, there's a cat that ends up knocking one of the balls off, and that's uh. the one with Chang on it. But it's, like I said, it's worth checking out. You're a fan of music. You would love this episode. What, what season is it? Season this? three, I believe it's episode 10. It's called Regional Holiday Music. I feel like, you know, if I get home a decent time tonight, that's what I'm watching when yeah, I get home. You should. You've yeah. sold me on it. All the singing. Yay! All the great. Um, let I'll me know skip how, everything else to get Let me there. know how my singing is in comparison, especially on Baby Boom Sound. You were in key like for a lot of that, so yeah. I would say it's good. <laughs> so that was my second one. We're only allowed, what, five minutes for the last one each time. <laughs> so the great, number three. <laughs> number three, I'm not going to go into great detail. Uh, number three, I actually found the description or synopsis from, I want to say, denofgeek.com, where they did a top list because I was having a little bit of trouble figuring out my 100% last one. It's from the show Hey Arnold. It's Arnold's hey Christmas. Hey Arnold, yeah. yeah. So their little synopsis. 90s nostalgia has prompted wholesale revis- revisitation of many childhood favorites, but few hold up to the scrutiny quite like Hey Arnold. The critically acclaimed Nicktoon offered something truly different to other kids' cartoons. A funny fourth-grade perception of big city life imbued not just with awe and excitement, but also a palpable sense of melancholy and willingness to tackle life's big questions head-on. The stunning jazz soundtrack further distinguished the show from the Brethren. The show's Christmas episode is a definite moment, or a definitive moment, not a deafening moment. Uh, Arnold's boarding house is running a secret Santa, and Arnold draws Mr. Wynn, a Vietnamese restaurant worker. We learn that he gave his daughter to a U.S. soldier during the Vietnam War in a bid to secure her safety or a safer life, and hasn't been able to track her down ever since. Arnold and his friend Gerald do their best to track her down as the big day imminently beckons. Meanwhile, eternally insecure bully, bully Helga desperately yearns for the year's must-have Nancy Spinoni, Spamoni snow boots. I'm having a hard time reading this and just talking. Uh, the stories coalesce uh, in a touching manner, leading to a real triumph of, of the human spirit conclusion guaranteed to deliver heartwarming festival feels, and it's a deep Christmas special with an emotional intelligence far beyond its years. That's uh, really quick and brief, pretty much. It's a good episode. I remember seeing this yes. episode. I went back and watched Long the last PBS. couple of Christmas. Yeah. Make, make sure you do your local drive and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things. Arnold lives in a, a house, a boarding house with, a, with his grandparents and a bunch of other people. Mr. Wynn's a really nice dude, but he gave his daughter away in, you know, in a great flashback during the Vietnam War uh, to try to get her at least to a safer place. He finally makes it to America himself. Uh, but for all these years, these years, he's never been able to track her down. Uh, Arnold and Gerald get a detective to track her down. Only way they can do that is if they go buy all the presents for this guy on his list on Christmas Eve trying to get home to his family. They take his Christmas list to give him some time to actually be able to look up this thing. Uh, the only present they come back with out is these Nancy Spumoni snow boots that they've looked everywhere for, which are that year's popular item. Helga overhears this. Helga, who has this giant crush on Arnold that will never admit to it, knows that she's got these underneath her tree at home. She goes, opens them, takes them to that guy, and forces that guy to find the daughter. The show it ends with the daughter knocking on the door coming in. Because Mr. Wynn, honestly, is kind of depressed this whole episode. He's not right. expecting his daughter. But like I said earlier, whereas you know Urkel and some other characters are really excited for Christmas and full of the spirit, it also brought up some tough times in this episode. The episode really covered that, where Mr. Wynn... All he wishes was just he could see his daughter for Christmas and spend time with her, but he can't. And he can't find her. He's really depressed, honestly, through most of this this episode. But Arnold goes out of his way to make a difference and finds the daughter, and she shows up, and all is merry. So nice. Honestly, it's one of those ones I love. Uh, it's a really good episode, and so it's very heartwarming, and it's just a lovable. Arnold's just an amazing kid. Like yeah, he's, like I said, critically acclaimed. He yes. brought so much more than some other shows. So. Plus, public television. That's true. 
So be sure to check that out. It's probably on Hulu. Uh, it is. I think PBS has something with Hulu. So. Well, that was Nickelodeon. Hey Arnold. hey Arnold was Nickelodeon. Oh, I'm thinking of just Arnold. Oh, yeah. Hey Arnold. <laughs> uh, that's the other Arnold. Yeah. Arnold. yeah. Hey, what a wonderful that, kind of day. Okay, never mind. Not, we learn to work and play. Not PBS, and get along man. with each other. Now I'm picturing who Helga really is, and that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. The so unibrow, yes. Not the aardvark, but the uh, football-headed <laughs> yes, boy. Yes. So. Either way, Arthur, Either has way. His, Arthur has his own Christmas Nickelodeon, as well. Nickelodeon, I think, is on Hulu, too. So. It is. So. Okay, so there we go. Go watch Arthur's Christmas and, hey, Arnold's Christmas. Yeah. So. All right. So my number Ready. three. Number three. Make Cr- it brief. Chris Rode mentioned this on Facebook okay. um, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Thanksgiving stuff. Mm-hmm. This is Friends, the one with the holiday armadillo. Yes, okay. This is from season seven. And is it the obvious choice for best friends Christmas episode? Sure. Okay, I'll give you that. But is it deserving of the win? You bet. Okay. Because not only the A story, which is Ross wanting to teach his son Ben about their Jewish heritage, about the Hanukkah um, side of the uh, of their family. His uh, ex-wife is, you know, they celebrate Christmas. He mm-hmm. celebrates Hanukkah. Um, he wants to teach his son about Hanukkah. and But Ben's all about um, Santa Claus at that point. So Ross goes to try to find a Santa costume. They're all sold out. They're all rented out. So he finds an armadillo, and he's like, "I'm the holiday armadillo mm-hmm. to try to teach about um, about Hanukkah." Chandler comes up with a Christmas uh, with a Santa outfit, and then you know it's just it turns into a disaster, both hilarious and thoughtful, mm-hmm. especially when Superman shows up. Um, <laughs> the B story in which Phoebe, um, who was her and Rachel were living together in the same apartment until their apartment burned down. Mm-hmm. Well, their apartment's been rebuilt and it's ready for them to move back in. Well, Rachel's been living with Joey. And Rachel just has a lot of fun at Joey's. And Phoebe's like, she's not going to want to move back in with me. Mm-hmm. So she sends Joey presents that she thinks would want Rachel to want to move out, like mm-hmm. a tarantula. Might as well. Or a drum set, which is really loud. Sure. Um, you know, it turns out um, Rachel, too, loves a drum set. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and she's not the one scared of tarantulas. Joey is. <laughs> um, it's, it's just a fantastic episode. Uh, anytime you can hear Chandler say... But I didn't get to shake my belly like a bowl full of jelly. Um, anytime you get to hear about an angel uh, or, uh, you know, that Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt, mm-hmm. um, this Friends Holiday episode is the best. I'm, I have a few quotes that I want to go through real quick. Sure. Um, just to kind of set the tone for some of the hilarity. Um, so Ross introduced himself as the Holiday Armadillo to Ben. I'm the Holiday Armadillo. I'm a friend of Santa's, and he sent me here to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and Monica, Ross's sister and Ben's aunt, what happened to Santa, Holiday Armadillo? Santa was unavailable so close to Christmas. Well, come in, have a seat. You must be exhausted coming all the way from Texas. Ben's like, Texas? That's right, Ben. I'm Santa's representative for all the southern states and <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> um, and then Chandler shows up as Santa. And Ross is like, let me have this one. He's finally mm-hmm. interested in Hanukkah. And mm-hmm. so Santa's about to leave. And Ro- Okay, Ben, Santa has to go. Say goodbye. No, why does he have to go? And Chandler's like, because of Santa and the holiday armadillo <laughs> are ever in the same room for too long, the universe will implode. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, why can't the armadillo leave? I want Santa. Oh, no. Fine, I give up Santa. Santa can stay. Well, I'll stay but only because I want to hear about Hanukkah. Okay, Santa. Ross is like, thank you. And Chandler's like, you're welcome. All right, it's time for the story of Hanukkah. Years and years ago, there were these people called the Maccabees. And then Joey burst in as Superman. Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, it's really funny. At the beginning of the episode, Phoebe's putting out decorative skulls. Okay. And Chandler's like, Phoebes? Skull? And Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, it's my mom's. And Rachel's like, oh, my God. And Phoebe's like, no, 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 it's not my mom. It belonged to my mom. Yeah, she used to put it out every Christmas to remind us that even though it's Christmas, people still die. And you, and you can put candy in it. <laughs> I guess so. And then, um, let's see, I have, uh, can't find the last quote I had for you. It's okay, um, but it's okay because we're we're, we're we're running we're running quite pretty uh pretty long on this episode. We are very excited, so, but it's a great episode. It's in season seven, I believe. It's episode ten. Um, it, it it's fantastic. So check it out, friends. The, the one with the holiday armadillo. Nice. You know, watch how Superman 
saved all the Jews uh, out of Egypt. So uh, that's a great one. I look. I've like I said, I haven't seen Friends, so I, I've heard of Superman saving all the Jews. So I'm excited to see that. I think I've refer- uh, I've referenced it pretty much yes. every year at this point. So. But uh, I had a few other honorable mentions. I'd be at a loss if I did not mention Home Improvement. Home Improvement has some great Christmas episodes. They were one of the sitcoms that really did a lot with like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. They really did a lot with holiday episodes. Um, all of theirs are great, and honestly, I really thought one was going to be on my list, but they just didn't quite make it. Full House has some great ones. Uh, the Office, as we already mentioned, had a lot of great ones. The Christmas Party in the Office is great, yes. with the whole teapot and everything else. Yankee Swap! Yankee Swap happens. Uh, one of the reasons... I, I didn't pick that one mm-hmm. because it really displays of how big a jerk Michael is. That's true. <laughs> and it was funny on, on initial viewing, but as I got older and my heart got softer. You hate um, how much of a jerk he is. I was like, come on, jerk. He finally smooths out and he figures out where yes. he needs to be. At yes, he, in, he, he, realizes, he realizes it later on. So. Yeah. But uh, we did have a couple of you guys tune in. Uh, a lot of what you, you, know, you, you told us was more so Christmas specials, which we'll be covering next week, so we'll be sure to include those. Yeah. But uh, Chris Rowe did have one that I think kind of falls in. Saturday Night Live is a TV series that also does Christmas episodes. And we'll just leave it as there was an episode where Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg had had a box. Had a box, and so I don't. I'll leave that there. But uh, I would not recommend it to children. No, or, you know, it's not appropriate for families. Um, you probably would just, you know, there are three steps. Yeah, um, and you'd probably look down on us a little bit if you go look and know yeah. that we know the steps. But I mean, people either look way, down on me anyway. Yeah, but for um, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty tall, but people still look down. But uh, that's some great ones. Uh, like I said, a lot of the Christmas specials coming up. I'm really excited for. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. This has yeah. been a longer episode. It, it has been. Um, I have one last honorable sure, mention. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, a very Topanga Christmas from Boy Meets World. Yeah, we didn't mention Boy Meets World. There's an awesome It's a one. fantastic episode. It almost made my list. And uh, the first episode of The Simpsons. Yep. And there's another episode of The Simpsons where Bart is caught shoplifting around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those are also excellent as well. So um, we appreciate you tuning in to the What the What podcast. Again, check us out on social media. What the What Media on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, apparently. And um, WTW underscore media on Twitter. Uh, Rate and review us five stars, blah, 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 blah. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we'll see you next week. Bye!